Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. So if you have your Bible, smartphones, or tablets and want to turn in them to Hebrews chapter 7, that would be great. One of the things I love about this church is that you don't have to put on a facade to come here where I, I, I talk to people and they say, well, you know, I can't go to church because everybody in church has it all together and I would just mess it up if I came. Um, if you know us, you laugh, right? Uh, yeah. What we do know is Jesus who helps us through our times of trouble and our weakness. And so today we get to talk about the seven, second, and on the second Sunday of Advent, we get to talk about how Jesus comes to us. And the question is, how does he come to us? This Advent, we're looking at the role that Jesus plays in our life. He is the prophet, and he is the priest, and he is the king. Last week, uh, if we can go to the next slide there, please, Dad. We can, last week, uh, we looked at Jesus the prophet. Um, he was the messenger from God. And he spoke where he spoke into the culture and told the truth about how life is. And he spoke about what is to come. That is the role of a prophet. He told us what we need to know right now and the good news about what is to come, that he's coming back again. This morning, we're going to look at Jesus the priest. We may be somewhat disadvantaged in our church uh, when it comes to understanding the role of a priest because... Our tradition emphasizes the role of a pastor. When, uh, while some free Methodist ministers choose to wear a priestly collar, uh, I choose not to, I choose to be a pastor. The word pastor means shepherd, and of course, Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. My job as a shepherd is to point you towards spiritual food. A shepherd leads into green pastures and besides still waters walks with you through dark valleys. Uh, my job is to tend to the wounded and encourage those who are stuck in their place. I choose to be a pastor because, well, a pastor puts me amongst the community. The role of a priest is a little different. A priest talks to God on behalf of the people and talks to the people on behalf of God. That is the role of a priest. You may remember the Old Testament priests. They would talk to God on behalf of the people, and they'd bring sacrifices into the temple. And uh, they would talk to God and say, God, forgive them. And they would talk to people on behalf of God if they heard from God. Priestly role is important, but it tends to lead to separation, set one apart in a community. Priest is an important part of the community, but they're different in kind. You're set off over here so that you can do that role. Uh, if I was to wear a priestly collar when I came to visit, I would be saying, I'm different than you. I prefer to say that I'm a fellow traveler on this spiritual journey with you, the one that you're on. Now, don't get me wrong. Being a priest is not wrong. It's not bad. It's just a difference of emphasis. And there are some times where we all need a priest. Someone who declares to the people, your sin is forgiven. 
Someone who comes and speaks on God's behalf and says, God has forgiven you. Someone who will go to the throne of grace for you and pray for mercy and for God's faithfulness in that time. Now, if you know Christian history a little bit, you will know that uh, there have been times when the role of a priest has been abused. There's difference between talking to God on behalf of the people and talking to people on behalf of God and being a mediator between God and people. Some thought it was a, uh, that their priestly role was such that they could, could cut out certain people, cut them off from God. And uh, sometimes in history, this was used as a political tool. And of course, that's wrong. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is only one mediator between God and mankind, the, the man Christ Jesus. While we can bring each other to God in prayer, there's only one who can stand between the Father and us, and that's Jesus. Now, I'm not here to talk to you about priest versus pastor. I, I highlight these rules so that you can understand what it means for, for Jesus to come to you as a priest. Jesus wants to come into your life, talking to God on your behalf, and talking to you on God's behalf. And here's the reason why we need a priest. We're sinful. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all broken God's laws. The poison of sin has sunk deep within our heart, and we need someone who will talk to God on our behalf and someone who will talk uh, to us on God's behalf. But Jesus is no ordinary priest. Hebrews 7 describes him, Jesus as in his priestly role. Now, I need to warn you as, you, as you heard, this is kind of an intricate passage of Scripture, and it would take hours to fully unpack it. I'm not even sure I could, but this passage was written to people who understood the sacrificial system in the temple, they were Jewish people who understood what was, what was going on with the rules of the priest in the Old Testament. Uh, the book, book of Hebrews assumes that the reader has that kind of knowledge, and we don't. What, without as a disclaimer, let me start by giving you some background to Hebrews chapter 7. By telling you the story that's found in Genesis chapter 14. So, the news came to Abraham the father who would later become the father of the Jewish nation, that his nephew, Lot, had been captured along with many others when the city that Lot was living in had been attacked and defeated. The king who had captured them was extremely powerful, but Abraham and his men chased this king down with the help of God he, con uh, he con uh, conquered the king, rescued Lot, rescued the others who were captured with Lot. Now, Melchizedek, lovely name, Melchizedek was the king of Salem. Now, Salem would later on become Jerusalem. He was also a, a priest of the Most High God, so he was a king and a priest. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Melchizedek. We know that he didn't come from a line of priests which was unusual in the Old Testament. Usually priests were born into priestly families. What we do know is that God made him a, a priest. And he was a great priest. Some would say that he was the greatest priest who ever lived. And that's where we pick up our story in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1. 
This Melchizedek was king of the city of Salem and also a priest of the Most High. So when Abraham was returning home after winning a great battle against the kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. Then Abraham took a tenth of all he had captured in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. The name of Melchizedek means king of justice, and king of Salem means king of peace. There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors, no beginning or end to his life. He remains a priest forever, resembling the Son of God. Now consider then how, this Melchizedek, how great this Melchizedek was. Even Abraham, the great patriarch of Israel, recognized this by giving him a tenth of what he had taken in battle. The Bible gives us this great picture of this amazing priest to whom the greatest man in Jewish history, Abraham, pays homage. He paid a tithe of what he captured to this, to this priest, and God appointed him to be priest forever. Now let me take you down to verse 15. The writers of Hebrew is now talking about Jesus. It says this, This change has been made very clear since a different priest, who is like Melchizedek, has appeared. Jesus became a priest. Not by meeting the physical requirements of belonging to the tribe of Levi, that, that was the priestly tribe, but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. And the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law never made anything perfect. But now, but now, we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. Jesus became a priest in the order of Melchizedek. And it's through him where we draw near to God. When Jesus is speaking to you on behalf, to God on your behalf, and when he speaks to us on God's behalf, that changes everything. Look at verse 24. Because, verse 24, because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he's able once and forever, to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. He's the kind of high priest we, we need because he's holy and blameless and unstained by sin. He's been set apart for sinners and has been given this highest place of honor in heaven. Did you catch that? If you come to God through Jesus, that Jesus lives and intercedes to God for you. He's interceding on your behalf. Did you know that even now, Jesus is talking to the Father on your behalf? 1 John 2 says this. My dear children, I'm writing this so that you will not sin. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. 
He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. Not only our sins, but the sin of the whole world. When you sin, Jesus is there pleading your case before the Father. Jesus is interceding for you. This verse reminds us not only that Jesus is our priest, it reminds us that he's also our sacrifice. He gave himself to atone for our sin. We need a priest because, like I said before, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Let me remind you of one more thing about our priest before I put it all together on how this matters to you. Hebrews chapter 4. So we're going back a few chapters from where we were. Verse 14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Ah, he understands our weaknesses our pain, our suffering. Jesus gets you. That's what it's saying. He really gets you. He understands your cares and your concern. So this one who intercedes to the Father on our behalf, this one who came and took on the sin of the world, this one who advocates for us when we sin. Why is it important that he speaks to God on our behalf and he speaks to us on God's behalf? What difference does that make? Well, for those of you who know Jesus and are walking with Jesus, you know he's, you've been forgiven, but there are some times when you know you have blown it and you've sinned. Jesus not only speaks to you to God on your behalf. But when we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he speaks to you and says, you're forgiven. Because of what I've done, you're forgiven. Because of what I've done, you're clean, you're righteous. I've made you holy. When I was a pastor in northern Ontario, I... I, I used to go to uh, and do pastoral visits in a lot of houses that were built in the late 1800s. And one of the oddities of these old farmhouses uh, was as you walked in the front door, there was a very formal room just off the hall as you walked in the, formal, uh, the front door, formal rule, and it was called the parlor. Now, the tradition had passed by the time that I arrived, but people would tell me that, well, you know, their parents or their parents' parents, that that room at the front door was reserved 
And that was the place where you entertained the minister when he came to visit. He was showing the best of everything. See, they had nice doilies on the table. That was the time of doilies, remember those? Uh, <laughs> and they had nice couches and, and chairs, very formal, not comfortable chairs. You sat up really straight. And uh, that is where the minister would visit with the family. Kids would never play in that room. Uh, you know, nothing happened in that room except when you entertain the minister. Sometimes, I think that's kind of a metaphor for how we treat Jesus when he comes to us. I think we allow Jesus into the parlor of our life and no further. Of course, Jesus wants to move in through all your life. And he wants to bless what he can and intercedes where it's needed. He wants to remove what doesn't belong. And he's the only one who can do it. Jesus, in his priestly role, came to bring you to God and came to bring God to you. Came to bring all of you to God. God wants to fill your life with his presence, not just the front parlor. He came to save you from sin and from death and to give you life. He came to save you from spiritual disease and give you spiritual health. He came to save you from sin and give you his life and righteousness. So imagine Jesus, the priest, being able to move past the front parlor into all of your life. Imagine your heart having different rooms in it. So he walks into the living room. And under the coffee table, there's just something there that smells. Uh, something's dying in you. Maybe it's unhealthy stress that's killing a part of your heart. Maybe it's a sin that uh, has just been there, but you really haven't dealt with. Maybe there's jealousy or fear or anger or unforgiveness. The one who is the priest forever pleads to the Father on your behalf and says, Father, we have a problem in this part of Sam's heart or this part of Jane's heart. Father, I'm interceding for them. Come and make a difference here. And he takes you to the Father. He said, Father, you see where my friend here is dying in this part of his heart? Don't let them die. Infuse them with life. War against that which is bringing death. And Jesus pleads for you and is interceding for you. He's talking to the Father on your behalf. As we read in 1 John, he is speaking to the Father and advocating. I don't know how to state this strongly enough, but Jesus knows you personally. He knows you intimately. 
He knows you by name, and he's standing for the, before the Father, pleading your cause, stating your case, being your advocate. More than that, he is on your side. He loves you. He likes you. He's cheering you on. What do you think the response of God the Father is going to be to his son, the high priest, who's pled your case before him? God's going to act. God may show you truth if it is truth that you need to hear. He may bring conviction that leads to repentance if that's what needs to happen. He may bring encouragement or strength so that you can endure and persevere if that's what's needed. And as you let Jesus, the high priest, into different areas of your life, he's, he's going to plead to God on your behalf and that God would bring his resources to bear in your life so that the places that are dying would live. The problem always comes when we don't let him pass the parlor. We want him in our lives, but we don't want him in all of our lives. And here's the thing about Jesus. He is a gentleman. He will never force himself into places where he's not wanted. And it's often the places where, that we don't want him to go that causes us the most pain, the most issues. Often it's the back rooms of our lives that cause us, us to be less alive than we want to be. Few people get to see those rooms. But the smell has a way of wafting into the rest of the house. What if you were to let Jesus walk into those rooms? Saying, Jesus, I'm not really proud of these rooms. I know they're in a state. I really didn't want you to see the mess. But you're telling me you want to go there? He might. He'll take you up in the invitation. He might speak truth, conviction, hope, healing. He says, let's just sit for a minute and have fellowship with each other. He wants to bring those parts of your life to God, and he wants to bring God to those parts of your life, and, and he's speaking to the Father on your behalf, and he's inviting the Father into those rooms as well so, so he can bring those rooms into the place where they're meant to be, because after all, God is the one who built your heart. He knows what it's supposed to be like. Forgiveness, healing, hope are yours if you'll allow Christ to do that. He wants to bring the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the truth of God and the life of God to bear on every place in your heart. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. We celebrate that Jesus came to show us who God is. When we see the compassion of Jesus for the hurting, for the destitute, we see the compassion of the Father. When we see Jesus, the priest, who was tempted and understands our weakness, we see God's heart for us. We also see God's heart when Jesus walked away from the proud and the people who were just religious. 
religious posers, but really didn't have a relationship with him. This Christmas time, we remember that Jesus was born in a stable and laid in a manger. I grew up on a farm. That's not a sanitary place, and it can be a smelly place. Figure if Jesus can be born there, he can handle the dark places in your heart, right? Hear the word of the Lord. This is Jesus speaking. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Door of your heart. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Advent is a time when we look forward to the coming of Jesus, when, we, when he comes to us and he knocks on the door of our hearts. When he knocks on the door of your heart, let him in. He wants to have fellowship with you, that's what it means to eat with you. Let him in. When he knocks, let him in and take him past the parlor. That is the way to true life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your son. Lord, in these moments, are there any rooms in our, our hearts, or are there any places in our hearts that we block you from going. Would you speak to us now and say, let us into that room? Yeah, Lord. We invite you. We give you an all-access pass to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.